So now that we're just a TJ Warren fan club podcast, have you guys thought of new names yet for the show? Oh, I have not. It's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> we should probably get on that. So, like, is the TJ Warren hour too uh, too highbrow sounding for us? I mean, it beats the Warnets, which is as close as I've come so far. Right, so. <laughs> the Warnets. But Colson, that also limits us to an hour, which you know, oh, we sure. can't do. Right. We can't be held down like that. Yeah, it's way too constricting for our. <laughs> for this our is show. TJ Warren we're talking about. That's right. That gets us through like our game. <laughs> Hang on, fans. It's going to be a long show. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I can't edit tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, just prepare to uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepared to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch and unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to The Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is August 9th, 2020. This is episode 463. This show, we're going to discuss a 3-in-1 week for the Pacers, including games against the Wizards, Magic, Suns, and Lakers. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast-to-coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital... Washington, D.C. It's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Glorious week in Pacer basketball land. Looking forward to chatting about it. From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Four and one, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What's going on, fellas? I would like to shout out Damian Lillard this week. Mm-hmm. Because he's awesome. He also had a tough week. Uh, missed two critical free throws. Uh, down one late against the Clippers. Took exception to Patrick Beverly, who was a DNP for the game. Uh, his excessive celebration on the sideline, which led to a uh, Twitter beef with uh, anti-hero Paul George. Um, Paul George said that he was going to make sure that he sent Lillard home this year. Uh, Damian Lillard let him know that uh, you know he can keep switching teams and running from the grind. Uh, he said, you boys is chumps. It's going to be tense in the bubble this week, gentlemen. It might be some blood shedder on the water cooler. I like it. I, I mean, stuck in the elevator together. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, the real question, though, uh, is for Colson here. Does this put Damian Lillard on your top 25 all-time Indiana Pacers? 
he's, he's approaching so. it for sure. He's yeah. he's definitely currently my favorite non-pacer in the NBA, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, because right. uh, PG is chumps. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where is TJ Warren today on this fluid list? Ooh. Ooh, that's a fun question. I, I mean, God, I'm, I'm saying he's probably uh, 14, probably. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> the man's a god. There's no recency Debut bias on at all. At 14. <laughs> it's a fluid list. I'm just saying today, the man is a god. <laughs> I can't wow. wait to get into this. I mean, last week this we is... talked about 53 points, and yeah. it doesn't slow down. This guy is amazing. Yeah, Thor is fifty. Is that a big, big G or a little G for the for the god? Uh, it's a little G. Okay, Me- medium G. <laughs> yeah, more like a medium G. <laughs> okay. Well, let us know. Let us know next week where uh, where he lands. Yeah, it's like a lowercase bold G, maybe. Okay. Yeah, but like a, a larger font than the rest of the word, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Okay. 14 point versus 12. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think all of his lists are in Comic Sans. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fair assumption. (laughs) Makes him unreadable by people with good taste. Well, we've got some games to talk about, but before we get into the show, I'd like to remind you that you can support us anytime you do your shopping at Amazon. If you just click the link in the show notes or go to theunbeatables.com slash Amazon, a small percentage of your sale gets kicked back to us and helps support what we do. Like I mentioned, we had a great week of Pacers bubble basketball the first game Monday, August 3rd against the Wizards. Pacers win 111 to 100. Uh, the aforementioned TJ Warren smashing it 34 points, 11 assists. Uh, Malcolm Brodden solid showing 20 points, 7 assists. Uh, that was the first round of the back to back. The second one was uh, Tuesday, August 4th, and Pacers beat. Uh, the Magic, 120 to 109. Again, TJ Warren, solid 32 points. Miles Turner had a good game, uh, 21 points, six boards. Um, and on the uh, Magic side, Nikola Vucevic, 24 and 10. Pacers sets 2 0 for the week. The third game, not as hot. Pacers uh, travel to the same court they would have, but this one's at the Suns. They lose this one, 99 114. Uh, this game. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon uh, looked looked pretty good. 25 points, but team as a whole, not so great. Uh, but the big headliner game of the week, uh, this is a nationally televised game, August 8th, Saturday, Pacers versus the Lakers. They win this one 116-111. TJ Warren, 39 points, and just super-duper clutch. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, also fantastic game, 24 points. And Victor Oladipo, uh, I think looking most like the Victor Oladipo we remember uh, with 22 points. Uh, all in all, a good week of basketball, uh, but the, the game against the Suns was uh, was pretty rough. Uh, 
JT, what sticks out for you this week besides, or I guess, yeah, actually, including TJ Warren? Take away the thing. That <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's Tej. It's TJ Warren, yeah. of course. I mean, he's the talk of the NBA. Like, this guy is just absolutely killing it. And I mean, the uh, to tell you how good he's playing right now in the final minutes of that uh, game against the Lakers, where Oladipo, like you said, had it going a little bit, you know, and he definitely feels his most comfortable in the the closing minutes of games. He deferred to TJ Warren and said, hey, "We need a bucket. Go get us one." And TJ delivered. It, so. I thought it was even better than that. I thought he was like he's winding on the clock like he does, and he's getting ready to like you know take the shot, and then he just like looks over and flips it to Warren. Who's mm-hmm. just an absolute flamethrower? So like, it's just a guaranteed assist. Like, it was. I thought it was a great decoy, and and um, and yeah, and had no problem letting Warren take the game winner or the game sealer. I thought it was great. Oh, so you think Oladipo is stat hunting? Is that what you're? <laughs> <laughs> that is. Yeah, that's my controversial take. Yeah, hot, old, hot take. Old choice. <laughs> Yeah, it was in the Magic game that T.J. Warren tied the franchise record for most points in a three-game stretch. Uh, 119 points in three nights, tying Jermaine O'Neal. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points, for sure. And I thought, um, sort of a... I don't know if he did this intentionally or not, but McMillan left him out on the floor towards the end. It was kind of, I mean, it was garbage time. There's no mm-hmm. need for him to be out there. I think with the idea that he could set the record, um, but TJ Warren, I don't even think, took a shot in the last, like, few minutes. He just, like, started passing it around. It, was like, it oh, didn't seem like it. I, I couldn't decide whether that was, like, that seems like a pretty deep statistical cut. but like maybe they were aware of it i I, honestly i just thought naming villain was torturing guys because as well as we had played in the previous games i I do think that we had concentration lapses down the stretch Mm. uh, and looked a bit fatigued uh so i just thought he was torturing guys and running them into the ground to uh you know get their conditioning up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) could go either way i guess that was a that maybe was just a plus uh unintended bonus for him yeah exactly as a twofer yeah. So yeah. what I what I loved about uh, one of the things I loved about T.J. Warren's week, um, which I suppose probably the Lakers game is my favorite thing, but I loved that after coming off of his fifty three point night, um, he comes out in that uh, Wizards game, and the Wizards are being frisky. They're running up and down the floor, and he just starts playing defense. Um, that's how he got himself in this game. He's, I just thought he was incredibly active. There was just, you know, uh, there's a fast break where uh, Bonga is basically going to get a layup, and Warren hustles down and strips him. Um, they were, he was really active with communication on switching. Um, I just, just watching him, I, I did a lot of Warren watching, and I thought, um, you know, he really engaged himself on the defensive end after, you know, being a guy who could just you know, pour in any bucket he wants. He, of course, also scores at will in this in the uh, Wizards game. Uh, he was one of six from the range, but decided to go um, 14 from 26 overall from the floor uh, with a plus 25, plus minus. And I think he had, was it 18 points in the first quarter? So. 
Yeah, I think that's that's right. But he's not doing it. We talked about this last time. It's not just the offensive end. He's doing it on the defensive end, and he's leading by example. So yeah. Well, I mean, I think he's got a really hot hand, but he's not out there forcing stuff up, right? Yeah. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. he's playing within the offense. He's leading with his defense and getting you know lots of easy buckets against not set defenses, which uh, he has had a ton of success with. Uh, and really active without the ball offensively, too. Uh, and guys are doing a great job of finding him on back cuts. Really, everybody is doing a great job of moving without the ball. This, this small three-guard lineup stuff uh, is really showing for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even against teams like uh, the Lakers that played a gigantic uh-huh. lineup. And, I mean, the Pacers got outboarded in that game pretty badly. But... Uh, we're able to scrap enough defensively, I think, to make life hard for uh, the Lakers. And then on the offensive end, we're just able to be quicker and faster and get um, good looks when they needed to. Um, yeah, I think that uh, the other thing last week, I, I wondered if this increased three-point shooting would continue uh, from TJ Warren and the Pacers. And it it kind of has. I mean, the Pacers are shooting 30 one-ish threes a game or something like that, which is more than they were, you know, pre-bubble, but it's still <laughs> towards the bottom of the teams that are remaining in the bubble here. Um, but Warren himself is putting up, you know, five plus a game, which is huge mm-hmm. and, and definitely helps us out a lot. Yeah. Uh, Justin Holiday a little less success right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor, Poor guy. He does not Giant. like the sight lines in the bubble, does he? Boy. <laughs> For a guy who was he like two, leading he our team. two straight from the corner, yeah. and it was just like, what am I shot. supposed to do? I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> poor uh. kid. It'll come around. It will come around, for sure. Shooter's got to shoot. Shooter's got to shoot. Uh, I will say the other um, sort of trend with this team, as it has been all season, is that second unit has really been uh, able to change the pace and sort of... Uh, keep keep the the pacers in the game if not extend the lead or um make it um at least keep it close i guess right so mm-hmm. um save for that phoenix game where everything was kind of screwed up because the rotation was screwed up um oh no yeah no mcdermott in that game that's right that's what i was thinking not that he's been playing great, but he is kind of key to what that second unit does as far as providing spacing and running off screens and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, McConnell's just looked great though. And I think that's what you talk about that change of pace, you know, um, that's what he provides. He just pushes the ball, um, and has that way of just getting the ball up, um, you know, near the basket. Um, and you think it's not going to go in and it just normally does. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just a crafty ball player. He's fun yeah. to watch. During the Orlando game, I was like, you know, we were up big. And I was, you know, tempted to, you know, just watch when TJ Warren was, you know, doing amazing things. But McConnell's like much watch basketball right now. <laughs> He's really, really fun out there. For sure. I think Brogdon had a good week, too. Oh, He's he really um, shooting the lights out. Uh, yeah. Shooting great, but even more so like captaining that offense, getting us into good stuff. And picking up spots to drive the lane and, and finding cutters to the basket. There's a lot of uh, defensive lapses going on in the bubble, and our guys are victim of that as well, but are definitely taking advantage and back-cutting 
and getting a lot of uh, dunks and whatnot is super good. Yeah, it was really nice to have Brogdon back. You're right. I mean, just, you know, we missed him in that Philly game, I thought. He just, he has a a calmness and a demeanor um, that that's just been really appreciated I think this week and, and um, long stretches I I miss you were talking about um, McConnell in that second unit I really miss the Aaron Holiday McConnell duo I think they have such great chemistry in that backcourt uh, on the bench um, but Aaron Holiday has just also been I mean he's been what was he our third leading scorer this week maybe not but he's just been so consistent um you know it's a second year kid and he just he looks like he belongs in that starting lineup and mm-hmm. he's just been great um we we were um starting to lose that lead uh against the lakers you know our bench was just kind of trying to tread water and hang in because they were playing lebron and and ad against our bench and we were <laughs> starting to lose some ground um you mentioned we got out rebounded i think we um, I swear all 15 O-boards happened on one possession with, like, nine <laughs> minutes to go. Like, it was, like, it was at least five possessions on the Lakers' end, and I thought, this is just, this has got to end. Someone call a timeout, somebody bring in. But after that, brought in uh, Warren Oladipo and Aaron Holiday, and the game just changed. We were just the better team. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, having Aaron be a part of that is is amazing to sort of, as a fan, just be excited about. Yeah. Aaron Holiday in that game, seven points, six boards, seven assists, three steals, a block, perfect shooting from the floor. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can't ask a whole lot more from the young No, you fella. can't. Apparently <laughs> he's added this sick, like, left-handed floater oh, slash yeah. hook thing that he did it over LeBron James twice yeah. in this game that is just... Yeah, uh, there's nothing to be done. With you can't that. defend that. No, <laughs> he's gonna make that. That is amazing. Mind you, he's what? right-handed. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, I want to give a, a shout out to Goga Batadze in the mm, Lakers game. Goga, uh, he had a you know I, he, he didn't Stan play a Van ton. His favorite player. Yeah, no Gaga for Goga. He's making an early push for like DPOI for Goga. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> He, uh, you know, he blocked LeBron and just was, you know, hitting threes and just doing everything that Goga does. But uh, uh, he was phenomenal out there in the in the time he had on the floor. And apparently didn't uh, curse in Georgian, but cursed in uh, English and got himself technical. <laughs> yes, he did. Just... <laughs> he was doing all the things. Use your native tongue. Man. Come on. <laughs> that was his only mental lapse in the game. We'll forgive it. <laughs> I don't know. I think he was just feeling himself, right? Like, just, you know, just give him everything, Goga. Just do it. No, that, he, that, those were, he soaked up some real NBA minutes out there mm-hmm. and looked, looked good. That was, yeah. uh, uh, that was needed. Also, uh, AD was just blank that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what, what happened? Was it, was that, that, that couldn't have been all Pacers, right? It was all Goga, I think. <laughs> We got him for a steal then. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with the Lakers in general. I guess that's another conversation and sort of a hot topic in the the bubble. They're, they looked quite good in that opening game against the Clippers and since then have not looked great. They're the lowest scoring team in the bubble. They've looked disengaged in a lot of these games. Um, they basically can't 
when LeBron James is not on the floor, it's hard for them to function offensively. And you would think that they would just play through AD in the post, especially in a game like this where we were throwing guys like TJ Warren at him or Jakar Sampson. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. I when when the when the game tipped off and I saw the lineup, I was like, oh boy, <laughs> gonna be good. <laughs> and I thought the strategy was just gonna be like, okay, just let AD get his points and then we'll try to shut everybody else down or something like that. But no, we were. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I thought we were flash doubling him and getting the ball out of his hands. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but I don't know that that's that shouldn't be enough to stop a super duper star. Um, you know what? He end up with eight points, something like that. Yeah. On three or four, you know the shooting. Lakers. Uh, they've already clinched the number one spot in the West, um, so they don't really they don't really have to be playing for anything, and so maybe that's some of this. But you you do you are worried that they um, they're not gonna if they're gonna play this crummy, <laughs> this ineffective. Um, are they gonna be ready for the playoffs? And maybe. You know, LeBron and, and AD have a different gear. I know they do. But I thought Definitely. LeBron played in this Pacer game like he wanted to win this game. Um, I, mean, I thought he was very aggressive. And, you know, we as still opposed to those games win. where LeBron steps on the court and doesn't looking. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, no, I know I can, what you're I can, saying. I can't do another LeBron's not ready for the playoffs pod. No, no, no. I'm not saying LeBron's <laughs> not ready for the playoffs. I'm no, just, it's your I'm turn, just, Harper. You got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just worried about the rest of his guys. I, I mean, Frank Vogel's out there tinkering with lineups. I don't know what he's trying to achieve, but, you know. Anthony Davis had a bunch of minutes on the floor by himself. We, you know, we were showing a bunch of backside doubles on Davis, making his life really difficult. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're not a good half-court scoring offense. They're just not. They need to be out in transition, and we did a good job taking care of the ball. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here, right? LeBron's yeah. probably not quite in game shape yet. The guy's 35 years old and just had four months off, right? Like, mm-hmm. There's a ton of stuff in that stew, right? But um, I think come next week, they're going to be ready to ball because nobody ever made any money betting against LeBron. I'm not going to be that guy. Oh, for right. sure. <laughs> okay. I'm not betting against him either. One thing for me was uh, that I think, you know, Old Depot looked good Much in, this, in the Lakers game. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. did things, you know, that made him – he was able to do the, some of the things that would, made him so special before some of these, you know, sort of just like quick, you know, explosive moves in the lane that – you know, able to create space and, and get by, you know, sort of blow by people. Uh, he was doing more of that stuff, which is, those are the things that I was most concerned with, you know, coming back from that injury was that, you know, like it wasn't his shooting I was concerned with. It was the, like the athletic plays in the lane, like, and just running by dudes. Cause that's, you know, that's something that I feel like you could lose with, with the type of injury he had. And, and, and I hadn't seen a lot of that until, uh, this past game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he still gets himself into um, a fair amount of trouble with the dribble quite a bit. Um, actually, in that Lakers game, it seemed like everybody was forcing a lot of action. Yeah. Um, Somehow TJ McConnell always gets out from underneath that backboard. I don't know how he gets out of there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But even he had a few where he was like passing it into double coverage. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, that was just kind of odd. Um, but I agree, yeah, Oladipo's getting his legs under him. And and like I said, the thing with him is uh, he feels most comfortable when it's winning time. Like, 
you can tell that he just has a level of confidence in the last five minutes and wants the ball and is like a little bit more focused maybe or something like that and all those moves are a little bit sharper and he's got you know he he finishes his jump shot a little bit better like all of that stuff is there so i mean i i think that just having him on the court even for that like if we can keep it close you know obviously we have you know the golden god in tj warren but we also have uh the straight up killer and and Victor Oladipo. So. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I you know I do agree, Joe, that this is as, as close as he's looked to his old self in this Lakers game. And with everything that Warren's doing, it's it's you know maybe this is actually the bigger story. Is Oladipo might be rounding into shape here, um, because if he is, then um, the Pacers are in a really good position. Hmm. What it, uh, I know I uh, watched the the one loss of the week against the in, undefeated Unde- in the bubble Phoenix undefeated. Suns the last undefeated Phoenix bubble team. Suns. Um, there were some lessons to take away from that. I think. I mean, the, one of the things the Pacers have been doing super well in the bubble. Although actually, let me look at the numbers from the not so well against the Lakers, I guess. But they'd been taking care of the ball super yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And in that first half against Phoenix, it was very sloppy, lots of turnovers. Uh, I thought the bench did a great job getting us back into that game, putting us in position to win it in in the late third, early fourth. And then the Suns just have this capability to score in bunches. Like, they score in these bursts of, like, 8 to 10 to 15 or something like that. And you're like, what just happened? I don't yeah. understand what happened. And uh, Devin Booker's... Got it going. Um, DeAndre Ayton scores the the quietest twenty three points you've <laughs> ever seen in your life. Size uh, really hurting us with our small lineup. I mean, you know. Yeah. And a- unless Bridges, your name is AD, Michael I guess. Bridges, um, <laughs> did an excellent job on TJ Warren, just denying him and making life hard and and being super active. And I, I mean, I, that team's playing good basketball right now. Yeah, they are. They should be pretty happy with where they are, I think, moving forward here. Um, you know, obviously a lot of talk this week about the TJ Warren trade, but, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, obviously they did that to make room for Ricky Rubio, who has clearly been a really good fit with this team. Uh, carried, you know, carrying weight for Devin Booker, so he's not the only guy out there. Seven guys they end up with in double figures in this game. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're just, they're, they're playing a good brand of basketball they're getting better and they you know they seem to have a pretty cohesive locker room for the time being so well and and you know they're young and you're right they hit you in waves i i felt like um i know that this is an excuse because everybody's in the bubble but this was the third game in four nights i thought mm-hmm. we looked tired i thought we looked we definitely looked tired. We were. Uh, that's part of where the sloppiness comes from i think we just weren't as sharp um but you know we got booker into foul trouble i mean i think he had five fouls at halftime or something like that <laughs> no he had he had five fouls with going into the uh, fourth seven minutes left in the third quarter okay mm. is that right no seven minutes left in the fourth quarter okay and the pacers were in the bonus at that point yeah and the game was close the pacers might have had the lead at that point yeah like 73 72 and and you know i'm i'm saying to myself at this point like okay this is a team that professional bass you know like 
good professional basketball teams win these games. You're not playing well, but you've got an opportunity here, and your team is on the 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 other team is on the ropes. And we did not take advantage of that situation, which was a little bit concerning for me. Yeah. Um, but it's a you know it's an end of one in the bubble. There were. Um, I thought we fell apart defensively a little bit. I mean, oh yeah. We didn't play well offensively, that's for sure. But that, I kind of expected that for a few I don't games. Think, I'm pretty bubble, sure we weren't running plays in that game. It just looked a lot like we were just running up and down and letting guys, you know, take shots. Waiting yeah. for TJ Warren to do something special. Yeah, yep. pretty much, you know. And he was out of gas. And they threw a, a ton of bodies at him. So, And, I mean, maybe the tiredness contributes a lot to the, the lack of defensive effort. But I, I really felt like it. It wasn't a typical Indiana Pacers defensive effort game there. Well, it was a road game, so. You know. True. That's true. <laughs> it's tough when you're traveling three out of four nights. You know. <laughs> I did think a little bit for T.J. Warren, there, there may have been, uh, you know, and, and I guess for him, uh, you know, this is his old team. You know, and that's how he got his nickname, T.J. Uh, Cash Considerations Warren. Uh, <laughs> But it looked to me like maybe he was, you know, on the gas a little too hard, you know, trying to show up as old team. And I, I totally get that. Sure, he was forcing some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's it. the name of our new podcast, Cash Consideration. Ooh, I like mm-hmm. that. We can go a lot of ways with that one, too. That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the other, t- Orlando is horrible. Man, they are oh. bad. <laughs> They're not even trying. Right so, now. Oh, wow. I the, the Jonathan Isaacs injury that's, seemed to take hurts. a lot of wind out of their sails. True. I, I mean, true. the number that we did on them, I think we had like two runs in the first half or maybe bridging into the third that was like a total of like 46 to four points or something. Like we yeah. were just <laughs> absolutely dominating them. Um, you know, whatever. He's a fine player, but I just, I think that psychologically they just just cycle it okay they just took yeah. a hit i, I mean and that I happened hope. right before the pacers game yeah so. i hope because they look terrible you're right boy they look bad and the uh my uh my hometown washington wizards i didn't see that game uh, but boy that team is bad too i was watching another game later in the week and the, the wizards announcers are like uh i think they're they're down Ten. They're going to lose a game. Somebody makes a nice play, and they're like, there you go. Yeah, that's good. That's something to build up. You know, that's what this team is all about. Like, and, you know, they keep putting these plays together, and, you know, maybe they can win a game in this bubble. Their goal is one game. They want to win one game in the bubble. Uh, is that their yeah. goal? They're just trying to just get up the draft ladder. <laughs> they drop below Charlotte. I know. I saw that. <laughs> Charlotte not active. Are they going to bring them in to <laughs> to finish it up? They should yeah. trade them out. <laughs> it, it, I mean, can Orlando lose enough so that uh, Charlotte's only four games back? <laughs> Real conundrum for them for the Quite NBA. Possibly. My favorite part of that game was uh, Miles Turner, who has not had the greatest bubble, but has had a few moments. Did a uh, a wicked. Uh, dribble step back on Vucevic and nailed a three in his eye and Vucevic just throws up his arms like what am I how what am I supposed to do with that (laughs) it was amazing yeah Uh, that was pretty great other plays of the week Jakar Sampson with the back to back put back dunks oh uh, goodness wow yeah those were so nasty this probably wasn't the most highlighty but there was this play in 
uh, I think it was the Orlando game where TJ Warren gets underneath the rim, but kind of gets uh, in like semi transition, but they cut him off. So he gets the ball out to holiday in the three point line guy dives down to him and he does like just snaps it right back to him underneath yes. the rim for a nice yeah, little, just yeah, yeah. really crafty little <laughs> fun play, you yeah. know, uh, I, when we first drafted Holiday, our concern was, you know, can he play pure point guard? And he's certain, certainly starting to look like a good creator. He had a bunch of skip passes in that game for, mm-hmm. like, three-point looks. That kid looks good right now. Really yeah, does. actually, my play of the uh, week was from uh, Aaron Holiday as well. I think it was the end of the half against the Wizards. Um, he misses a three-pointer, uh, like, you know, at to end the – a half and then follows it up and and gets it in for a layup before the before the uh, half ends and I was yeah. just like mm-hmm. I love this kid you know nice. he's taking the last shot but then still hustled in got his own rebound and got the layup it was awesome it's excellent it's been super fun have Pacers basketball back in mm-hmm. our lives whole week these these games come fast every other day boom 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 uh, this week the Pacers finish off in the bubble. Uh, Monday, quote unquote, at Miami. Uh, Wednesday at Houston, and Friday. Is that right? Yeah, Friday versus Miami. Uh, obviously, the beef between T.J. Warren and Jimmy Butler is going to be headline news this week. Uh, yeah, and we get to see the Pocket Rockets play, so this will be fun. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that that game on Friday is a TBD time, so I'm guessing that's probably going to find its way to uh, some network for broadcast. Prime time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the way it's looking, obviously this is uh, a playoff matchup potential or whatever. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if and what these coaches show each other. You know, like, are we... Or do you even risk that at, at, at this point? You're just trying to play ball and keep everybody healthy and in shape. Uh, you might have to just see where the standings are at the time of the game, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's uh, the bubble's a weird place. Well, so, uh, yeah, just a, a brief uh, update for the fans. Uh, we are playing the Heat next, and we are in a dead tie for them. Uh, we both have 43 and 27, um, tied for fourth place. Something else to consider is the 76ers um, are only a half game behind us. And all in, because of that, they're only a half game behind the Heat. If we can beat the Heat twice and the Sixers continue to win, then we'd have a chance to play okay, the 76ers okay. in, the, in the first round. And they just lost Ben Simmons, which we're going to talk more about in the next show. So I think there are advantages to beating this Heat team. And either psychological going into a, a, sure. a seven-game playoff matchup or – a chance to to beat uh, you know to meet a uh, you know an injured team uh, and have a better chance to advance. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I want to be obviously. I want to beat them. I was just curious, uh, beat the not heat. if that if they won't like play and try to win, but like you know, are there wrinkles that they are not going to show them or whatever? Yeah, no, I don't think you pull out your your secret lineup in, in no. these two games. I don't think there's enough to f- play for in that sense. Yeah, we're gonna pull out. A you wait till Game Four of the playoff one. series or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> to bring in Austin Crozier as your starting power forward or whatever. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. 
I think the craftiest way to to you know, to outcoach them is just to not have anything uh, to hide. You know, just put that all out there and uh, just play with an open book. You know, and say, "Beat us!" Yeah, this is who I am. Come beat me. <laughs> Because we've got T.J. Warren, so what's the matter? That's like the Larry Bird strategy. Didn't he used to tell people, like, yeah, here's <laughs> yes. what I'm going to do, and then go do it on them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And now we still tell, tell, tell stories about that, so maybe it's the way to go. Yeah, we have T.J. Warren and you don't. Like, that's basically, yep. that's basically what we got. Yep. Well, all right. We're looking forward to a good week of basketball. We'll be with uh, you again on Thursday. Uh, breaking down some topics in more detail. Uh, and then, you know, playoffs start here like next Monday, right? Mm-hmm. So it's an exciting time of year. It's weird. It, this whole The whole thing's weird, you know, just the, the, t- the timing of everything. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's, uh, you know, middle of August and we're getting ready for the playoffs to start, but whatever. Nothing feels real. <laughs> But we'll be back with you again on Thursday. You can hit us up on social media. We are on uh, Twitter at Undebeatables. You can send us tweets at John Colson, apparently. Not at John Cole, because that's somebody else. (laughs) See, that's where all the the fan tweets have been going. Uh, (laughs) That guy's so confused by his That guy's really (laughs) upset at us right now. We'll tweet at him. Say, hey. Check out our He's pod. not been angry enough Forward to actually tweet. Tweets. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Screen yeah, cap those bad boys and uh Yeah. In a Marway. Uh we're Facebook.com slash the Unbeatables. Our website, the Unbeatables.com. Uh you there's a contact form there. You can send us a message or send us an email. Shout out at the Unbeatables.com. Of course you can rate and review us wherever you're listening. Uh, we got t shirts for sale. For a once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sick Leonard. Turn out the lights, the party's over. I feel like you threw a little wrinkle at me there. I did, and it threw me off. Like, I'm- <laughs> 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 uh, well, I was thinking to myself, uh, like, like right before I said it's it, I was like, he's been in the Hall of Fame now for like three years or five years. <laughs> like, what am I doing? So I should switch it, but like, oh god, I just totally threw off the rhythm. <laughs> almost biffed it. I feel right. like you you like dribbled the lane with no plan. Yeah. That's exactly. But you hit a, you hit a pretty yeah. nice layup at the end of it. So. Okay, oh, right. good, good, good. Well, I'll work on that. See if I can smooth it out for the next show. <laughs> I'm a creature speaking of, of speaking of coaches. Uh, I was happy to see Vogel out there. Yeah, uh, he looks he looks good. He looks happy. Life's pretty good when you've got uh, LeBron James on your team to coach for you. And you live out in L.A. where the weather's good. Yeah. Yeah, he was in Orlando. Yeah, so he, you know, dealt with our freezing winters. Then he went to Orlando, and then he went to uh, L.A. I mean, if somebody said to me, would you like to coach uh, Paul George... In the winter of Indiana, or would you like to coach LeBron James in the, you know, winter in L.A.? I don't know. I think I'm always going to pick uh, L.A. and LeBron James because uh, Paul George is a little bitch. <laughs> Look at you. 
I think he's a chump. Lean to the microphone a little bit. Yeah. I've got to fact check that. Paul George, Paul George is, chump. is chump. Paul George is chumps. Is chumps. Chris Take Paul's a little bitch. PG <laughs> is chumps. <laughs> <laughs> Everything okay over there? A little worked up, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about Patrick Beverly? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's jumps too. I don't know. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's a little bitch. 